Hello and welcome back to the Why Comics Podcast, where we talk about the comics that impacted us and sometimes the creators who made them. I'm your host, Jesse, and joining me for our holiday episode is the man who's been giving us gifts all year round. It's the writer of Newburn, Daredevil, The All-Nighter, Public Domain, and soon Batman the Night. It's Chip Zdarsky. How are you doing, Chip? Pretty good. Yourself? I'm doing really good. I'm excited that um, this is probably going to be the last episode of the year, and I'm like, well, we're going off on Chip, and that's going to be a good time. All right. All right. Nice. Chip, I the guess. first thing I want to ask you is, uh, why are you writing so many books? Oh, that's a that's a great question, and my wife asks me that uh, all the time. Yeah, what am I at now? I'm going to open up my project list just so I can remind myself. I think I'm at twelve. That's that's so, and you're drawing one of them. Yeah, yeah, that's actually the hardest part because that has to get done like every day. Yeah, but. Um, I mean, it's not too bad because like a lot of them are miniseries. I mean, they're almost all miniseries. So like I finished up um, Woman Without Fear this week. So that got off the board. Yeah, so I got 12 projects now and it was 13. So I'm feeling just a huge weight off me. And you also do a podcast every week. I don't know if you guys record every week, but at least it comes out every week. Yeah, we record every week and uh, that's fun. But the problem with that is just the reading. Yeah, <laughs> like because I'm always tricked because it's a manga podcast and mm-hmm. so we're like oh here's just like volume one of this manga I'm like oh great and then it's like 500 pages I'm like oh no and or someone be like hey you need to read the first five volumes you're like okay okay hold on yeah yeah because sometimes you have to with manga because yeah. like it, it kind of only hits its stride like a thousand pages in I'm like man it, it's always nice. fun always fun when manga like nails its pitch in the first chapter but but that almost never happens no yeah there's, there's a few cases where if it's like an episodic thing mm-hmm. uh, they kind of have to do that but uh the ones with the kind of the longer stories just like oh a thousand pages before they get to the point and i know there's a lot of people too with comics and with manga like kind of just burn through the books like mm-hmm. i know people who are gonna say i read an issue of comics and like five minutes i'm like that took someone like six months to draw it i was like yeah. like that's how it is i know i i always comfort myself with the fact that like thousands of people are doing the same thing mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's not like i i you know I, I write and draw a book and then somebody reads it in five minutes and like oh all my work just for five minutes I'm like well it's five minutes times you know twenty thousand people thirty thousand people whatever so it, yeah it makes it a little bit easier and it also helps i think that comic books the medium itself is maybe the most re enjoyable medium out there like tv yeah. shows you have to reinvest 30 minutes every time or an hour every time or comics yeah. you get different lengths of enjoyment out anytime you go back to them yeah and i i, I never i shouldn't say never because I've, I've definitely purged over the years but um when i finish a novel or non-fiction book i put it on the curb mm-hmm you know, or I give it away because the chances of me revisiting it are so low. But with mm-hmm. comics, like collections, like it's so hard to like pull it, up, pull it off the shelf and curb it or give it away. Because I'm like, there's a chance I'm going to come back to this. Yeah. Whereas yeah. it's not the case with uh, with most books. Yeah, I'm like prepping myself right now because I'm about to revisit the entire Tom King Batman run because I want to write a little piece on it. But okay, I've really, yeah. I, I did that earlier this year already, like January. I reread it all, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I do it again. Yep. Um, and like, I have a stack of books I still need to get to, but I'm like, ah, yeah, but I want to reread these for a bit. So like, comics are always such a malleable thing. So like, when I, people say I read it in five minutes, I'm like, yes, but you're gonna reread it one day. That's usually yeah. the case. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you have so many books coming out. I don't know where I want to start. Uh, I'm thinking, I'm thinking I want to talk about the all-nighter because that's always, we, I think either last time or the first time we talked, we talked about, um, af- it was Afterlift or? Uh, yeah. 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 And that was your first comicsology book. And this is your second yeah. one now. And yeah. same team and everything. And it's such a fun concept. Oh, cool. Thanks. I don't know if like I should say what the concept is because it is a little yeah. spoilerish. Yeah, I go for it. Uh, if anybody, this is the, the spoiler for the first issue of uh, of All Nighter, but it's about an All Nighter diner run by vampires, and one one of the vampires decides he's bored of being a, just a diner host basically, mm-hmm. and becomes a superhero. Yeah, and things escalate very quickly from there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> where, where did this idea come from for you? I mean, it mostly just came from wanting to work with Jason again. Like uh, Afterlift was 
kind of a dream smooth project because Jason can draw like six pages a day and he's just mm -hmm. he's so professional and talented and um the whole team was like I was the unprofessional one out of everyone I was the one that <laughs> people were like hey maybe you should you know submit your scripts um so uh, after we were done that it, it did well and we got the Eisner for it and it's just like well we should probably just do something again um and so uh, essentially it was just me going out for dinner with Jason and being like, what do you want to draw? Like, what's, what's, what's your thing? And uh, it, it's funny because he wanted to do something um, smaller, um, kind of more slice of life. And he was like, oh, like he actually had the idea of like the all night diner uh, with the vampires and almost like a workplace comedy. I'm like, oh, that's pretty good. But like, what's the, what's the thing that gets them, you know, that takes it to the next level? uh and uh the one thing he didn't want to draw was superheroes <laughs> and, yeah. and i pitched him superheroes but but you know with a caveat like it's still like it's a story about this family and the superhero stuff is very kind of homemade and um really it's a supernatural book more than a superhero book uh so i, I managed to convince him of, of that part uh maybe i'm just a hack writer and uh um what, the, what they like to call it putting a hat on a hat yeah. like you've already got your hat what are you doing man <laughs> But, you know, it seems to have worked. Uh, and I think uh, I think the balance there between the diner stuff and the superhero stuff uh, has worked so far. I, yeah, it's, it, I think that whole balance is just really fun. And it's when I, when I read the first issue, because I didn't know the full premise going into it. I just knew it was about I read I read like a little snippet. It's like about a diner that superheroes freak in. And I'm like, hmm, that's weird. Um, and, yeah. and so I read the first issue. I'm like, oh, this is about vampires. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and so getting that full pitch and getting that full first issue, I'm like, this is the stuff I dream about writing. So I love reading it. Oh, cool. Like nice. that that just amalgam of different genres and how yeah. they all have to breathe together to work. Because mm -hmm. some people just slap genres together and they're like, oh, they just felt feel slapped together. But this yeah. is like these ones feed into each other to make them work. Yeah, thanks. The um, like the big thing, you know, again, we're kind of delving into spoilers a little bit, but just the concept of um, fictional stories creating these mm -hmm. supernatural entities and what is the what is the popular fiction of today and it's mm -hmm. superhero stuff the fact that like alex in the book is a fan of the superhero movies and comics um makes it feel weirdly a bit more real world than a standard superhero book even though we're dealing with like minotaurs yeah. and frankensteins and stuff like that yeah it's been fun how, how much of the the dark universe inspired you for this <laughs> oh who isn't a fan of the dark <laughs> universe <laughs> Uh, the funny thing is when, um, you know, we'd announced this and uh, all the issues are drawn and then like Mark Miller announced his uh, Netflix superhero vampire thing. And of course it's Mark Miller. So like all of his like promos is like, I can't believe this has never been thought of before. And I'm like, we literally just announced it, bud. <laughs> and, uh, and also it's been done before. Like yeah. Astro City did it. Uh, Buffy, you could say. Um, there's like old Dracula comics with Dracula as a superhero. I Batman mean, as a Batman's vampire. Batman's been a vampire like three times. <laughs> voiced by Michael C. Hall. Yeah, yeah. And I love those books too when I was a teenager. Um, so yeah, <laughs> I thought that was quite funny. Yeah. It's all in the execution, obviously. Yeah, and that's the that's the idea. I don't I don't completely believe the idea that there's only 10 stories and they've all been told. Yeah. But I do think that ideas are always going to be somewhat similar to somebody else's idea and it just depends on how you decide you want to write it yeah yeah you might you can mine a, an idea and then take it in a new direction that, that's i mean you kind of have to do that with the superhero books because everything's kind of been done before yeah um so you kind of learn to like find your way into these kind of classic storylines and what your take's going to be on them yeah so yeah exactly and i think that's like why a lot of people are loving your daredevil stuff and the stuff you did with jason in the uh the Ur urban legends book is oh yeah cool when you, when you write superheroes a lot of people expect one path and you always start on that path and then take a circle around it to still end up where we expect to end up but we never thought we were going to get there that way oh cool thanks and i think yeah. that's really fun that's why i'm really excited for batman the night because you're like i want to mm. talk about a section because we talk a lot about bruce's origin but we never yeah, yeah. 
dive into so much of that training section. No, yeah, there's never been like one yeah. kind of definitive story about it. Like, you know, over the years, there'll be one-offs and short stories mm -hmm. that kind of pop up. Uh, you know, James Tinian and, and Scott, you know, did a bunch of those as like kind of backups and kind of uh, the classic 80s comics did a lot of that as well. And we get a little um, bit in the movies and stuff, but nothing like for the yeah. full era of it all. Yeah, yeah. So it felt like a good opportunity to kind of like kind of create that Batman book that hopefully will kind of stand the test of time on the shelf. Just like, oh, yeah, you got, you know, your year one, your Dark Knight Returns. We'll have Batman the Night. I mean, hey, I'm throwing my name in there with, you know, Frank Miller. <laughs> but, mm -hmm. but, but, you know, have, having something that uh, that is like an unexplored kind of area and having this be the definitive telling of that, I think is, was super, super intriguing to me when they approached me. So, so they approached you with the idea of doing that era of Batman and you're like, oh, I, could, I think I could do that. I could fill that out. Yeah, yeah. The editor on it, Ben Abernathy, um, he was overseeing my work on uh, Urban Legends because uh, he's like the Batman group editor. And that was a project that went really smoothly as well. And so uh, I think he was just like, okay, yeah, like maybe this guy can do more with the Batman stuff. And, and he pitched the idea and I kind of came back to him with like, like a full kind of outline where it's like, okay, if we're going to do this, we got to do it right. Like 30 page issues, 10 issues, like, because, uh, because each issue is going to take place for the most part in a different city mm -hmm. with a different kind of master. So you really need the space to kind of like introduce that all and set up like a new conflict and, and also have an overarching story through the whole thing. It's, it's really fun because I, I remember when people used to talk about like Chip, they're like, Chip's the comedy comic book writer. And like the last like five years, it feels like now is Chip's like, Chip is the, the sad e emo vigilante comic book writer. In a lot yeah, of yeah, 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 yeah. It, it, it's weird. Like sometimes I'll sit down and start writing kind of like, like comedy stuff and be like, oh, do I remember how to do this? I, I i am waiting though like for like a fun like ambush bug chip chip mini series or like something mm -hmm. like that something fourth wall breaking uh kind well, of goof. yeah i mean like you know my the biggest it's funny like there's there's not a lot that i won't touch out of any kind of like respect for the material like in terms of character or mm -hmm. history stuff uh and continuity but like the book I loved the most growing up was Justice League International, like the kind of the Bwahaha kind yeah. of era. Um, and whenever I think about like kind of pitching that, I was just like, well, no, because it's the perfect book. Like I wouldn't want to like, I've had talks with other comic creators too. Who, who, we all kind of want to find our way into that again, that that style of book. And it's like, it was done so perfectly the first time. It's really hard to imagine. Yeah, it feels, it, like, it feels like I've seen a few comic books where like they had that idea, but they're like, well, I can't touch that team. though. That team's too perfect. Maybe I just shift that idea to another team. It's not only too perfect, but also like all the creators that worked on it are still working creators. So it'd, mm -hmm. be, it'd be weird to kind of come in and like snatch it away from them. <laughs> yeah. Like if anybody needs to do a follow-up, it's them. Like they're the yeah. ones that they could still do it. So let, let them do it. Yeah. And they clearly can that. because whenever they do a follow-up to it, like it's awesome. Yeah, like the I think it was the Justice League classified, uh, whatever happened to the Justice League of America is like that's a that's a great like story arc of them just yeah. ending up in hell as hell as fry cooks for some reason. So good, so good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but to completely shift tones, uh, Newburn is maybe my favorite new book recently because I I've, oh, been, awesome. I've been in a huge noir kick lately. So cool. when I got yeah, to yeah. Him, I was like, hey, you want to read the first three issues? I'm like, yes, please. <laughs> I very <laughs> much would awesome. like to do that. And it's, it's a really fun concept for Noir because you're kind of taking some of the stuff that they've been doing in X-Men with those full page, like the uh, data pages, the yeah. data pages, but making it a character in the story writing that. So you can kind of place where these are happening, but those data yeah. pages sometimes are a little hard to place. So like who's writing them exactly? Where are they coming from? What time are they actually happening in? Where this feels very like within the story, breathing within the story. Oh, and cool. I I just really love the main character so much. He's such he's such a jerk, but like a lot yeah. like he's a, he's a charming jerk, which is the the purpose in noir is make your jerks very charming. Yeah, it's funny. I want him to be like kind of cold. I don't want yeah. him to be too dickish, but like more of just like he's the guy who knows yeah what's going on, and he's too uh, tired to explain up. it to you. Also, 
Yeah, yeah. You don't want them to be because it's funny because I, you know, I love procedurals like TV procedurals, but you don't want them to be like, you know, Doctor House, like a, some super dick, right? Yeah. Um, it's it's funny because I'm actually even today I'm, I'm writing uh, the pilot for um, for the TV show, and you know that's kind of like that's the conflict I kind of have with the uh, the studio, which is. Mm-hmm. Like they kind of want it to be more dickish. I'm like, no, like I want it to be cool, just cool, cool and cold, um, and and just just enough of, uh, of a dismissiveness, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's a hard balance. And then the the uh, the, the diary pages, that was a result of, um, you know, we we brought Jacob in as the artist, and uh, he's amazing because he's like, he draws it, he colors it, he letters it. Mm-hmm. But he's also doing that Texas blood, mm-hmm. and and also coloring all of his dad's work. Yeah, all, all of the reckless stuff currently. Yeah, I think today on Twitter because he's taking the month of December off, which is amazing. He's able to do that. Um, yeah, I think he posted today. He's like, yeah, I added it all up. I drew two hundred and thirty pages this year, and I colored five hundred. I'm like, that's bonkers. So many. But because of that, I was like, well, you know. Um, I don't want to kill him. So we, we shortened the story pages to 16, um, which is a format that was tried kind of years ago by like Warren Ellis and Ben Templesmith with Fell. Um, and I wanted to see if I could do a story, especially a procedural story with a beginning, middle and end um, in 16 pages. And really the only way to do it was to kind of use those diary pages as like the exposition dumps. So they don't kind of stop the story dead in its tracks and yeah. I, I think it's worked and it's enabled us to kind of play in future issues with the the narrative a bit yeah it's interesting that like the it, like the 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 lore dumps or the 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 captions on pages have kind of disappeared for the most part in comics yeah. like, i feel like i've been reading a lot of old batman recently just because that's just been where my mind has been it's been in the batman phase yeah. and all those like big old captions saying setting up the scene letting you know what what, what situations batman's running into and i yeah. know like in the 80s and in the 70s 80s that shifted to batman telling me those things yeah and i do like that we're kind of going back to that but making it full page just data entry basically so you yeah. can kind of find that place in the story but i do miss those small captions everywhere <laughs> yeah i mean it would be a lot easier if we could just use them it's funny every once in a while like a writer will be like whatever happened to thought balloons and then we'll put thought balloons in and then people will be like this is weird like it <laughs> yeah, just doesn't work so in the modern context yeah 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 it's, it's tricky it's it has been really fascinating to read um i'm i'm in the 70s now with batman it's been interesting to read 70s batman and then read james's stuff currently i'm like oh man yeah. storytelling is just so different like there's oh, yeah. very rare one and dones anymore in in these comics and it's yeah. super fascinating yeah yeah and also the, the, sounds stressful for you guys having to do overarching stories like this all the time i mean i think most writers prefer that just because you can kind of go more in depth with the story and kind of build it uh, a lot um and also i mean like 20 pages isn't a lot true because like uh, like the older it's funny when i was doing the the kind of the what if relaunch with spider shadow I was looking at the older what if books and they were mm-hmm. long like they were usually mm-hmm. 30 pages if not more because there was so much information you had to get in there to make it work right you know yeah um but they, we just don't have that now like 20 pages has been the standard for like 10 years i guess it was like 21 it was 22 dc is still 22 which is always weird to me like i'll write a dc thing and it'd be like oh i've got two extra pages it just feels like the most freeing thing ever but yeah, doing the doing the done in ones is really hard in that kind of like page count. Yeah, I guess it's true. I've been thinking about too how many writers swapped out on those books when now writers like you're go, you're staying for a run, so like you have the space. But before you're probably just getting pulled to do a random issue of Batman. It's like, hey, can you pump this out real fast? Yeah, yeah. It's then, funny that yeah. the, the the one thing I've 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 shifted my thinking on is uh, story arcs. Like I'm kind of done with story arcs. Like it in terms of like for the trade yeah totally like you know uh, we always have to do five or six issue story arcs for the trade and give it a title and they put the trade out i'm just like i don't care about that anymore if someone's reading daredevil across all the volumes like i don't mm-hmm. think they need it to be like oh this is the the trade where this happens this is the trade where that happens like it's one long story yeah. and then if yeah. you have like 30 issues you're doing 
a, a, a build up climax drop down build up like over and over again because you're trying to build for those trades over and over again and that, yeah that sounds difficult to keep on building up and dropping down and having to keep on doing that loop to loop type of thing yeah i mean i, I don't want to spoil you if you haven't read this week's issues have you read the new daredevil i haven't but that's just because i i get behind on picking up books but you feel free to talk about it yeah i mean that's that's a an issue where it's technically our final issue yeah. <laughs> like because devil's reign is starting and i didn't want to write daredevil alongside it so and the miniseries up, and the miniseries so we're picking up daredevil after um but it's definitely like it's the denouement it's like the action winds down in it and things get resolved but we also end on a big beat that ramps mm-hmm. it back up again so so i, I definitely get that like um Matt Fraction always said to me that writing comics is like always writing a second act. Like you can't fully resolve anything. Like it's, you're, you're always, you've always got to feel like you're building something. Yeah. Um, it just never stops. So even, even in an issue like this week's issue where it's like, okay, we're wrapping it up. You're not. Yeah. Like, Cause there's, there's another, um, there's an event next week. <laughs> yeah. And like the only time you can really wrap up anything is like when you leave an arc, but even then, like you might know a little preview of who's coming in next. So you will leave a little nugget for them or something. Yeah. You always have to, uh, the one thing I've learned is kind of the hard way is you always have to have like an under, like a plot B happening mm-hmm. that you can tap into and build up when your plot A wraps up. Um, I forget. I think it was like is it mike carlin who had that you have to have like plot a plot b and plot c you have to have like the one thing that's like that issue story but then a plot b that can bring into the next issue but underneath it all there's a plot c running yeah like, there's uh there's all these ways you have to kind of like kind of keep the momentum going i know last time we talked we talked about daredevil we talked about all the runs that inspired you which is basically every daredevil run before because I think yeah. we said it in the show and I and I agreed then and I agree now. Like Daredevil is probably the most perfect character when it comes to like runs. He's never yeah. really had a bad run of comics. No. Um, which is helpful that he's had probably maybe the least amount of comics of some of these characters too. Um yeah. a few eras where he just wasn't being published that much. Um but were there any other well, there's never that... there's never a second daredevil book right yeah exactly there's never like He's oh never there's the astonishing daredevil even yeah. now you're not there, no no one's gonna fill in for you and write daredevil while you're doing devil's reign so like... yeah yeah exactly you know it's kind of it's partially why I, when we realized we're doing devil's reign like the schedule was like devil's reign and daredevil are running side by side i'm just like no there's no way because like devil's <laughs> yeah. reign is the storyline yeah. like it's the continuation of the daredevil storyline a second daredevil title in that case would have just been like a ripoff like continuing yeah. that foggy and sandwich for six issues yeah yeah like we had an electra story to tell which suited like three issues and so we were able to do the mini series but um and that's mostly just because we didn't have enough space in uh devil's reign to tell mm-hmm. her story yeah yeah publishing makes everything complicated but but for daredevil were there any other sources that you're pulling from any other like reading that you're doing to kind of like build up to the story because there's, there's so many things playing around. There's so many other characters than just Matt playing around in this. Yeah, I mean, the reading was done outside of Daredevil. Like, I started to kind of read crime fiction, like, in novels, uh, and also, um, like, <laughs> philosophy books on violence. Oh, yeah. I, I, <laughs> because, that makes I mean, sense. Yeah, because that was, like, that's the story that's being told like mm-hmm. you know when when can you use violence when can you take a life should you ever do mm-hmm. that you know um so yeah so i was reading a lot of very non-comic book text to kind of get my head into it so i'm not just kind of but there's a there's a problem sometimes with some comic writers who all they do is read comics yeah for sure and so the comic stories just become about comic stories um, and I wanted to make sure this wasn't just that. Uh, so yeah, I, I started to kind of read kind of, yeah, like I said, novels and, and, and nonfiction stuff to, uh, to, to kind of get into it. And like, as we went along, like reading kind of articles on the prison system and arguments for and against it and prison abolitionists and, mm-hmm. um, uh, and then just like down a rabbit hole of like, 
New York law and uh, the bail system and uh, call up Charles Soul every time say hey uh, tell me about the law. <laughs> yeah, yeah that'd be a real dick move <laughs> hey former daredevil writer put down the the the, the Star Wars uh, book for a second like let me, yeah let me yeah talk to you yeah, about law. yeah you nerd yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I I totally understand what you're saying because like I find myself being really influenced by whatever i'm reading so if i'm writing yeah. a comic thing i don't want to just have those in my head yeah. um and like when i'm writing horror i don't want just stephen king in my head because usually i'm reading a lot of that or something else of yeah. the same i need something to balance it or because it's going to feel too heavy-handed at that point um yeah and it's like kind of what we were saying before just about like kind of mixing up genres too mm-hmm. like sometimes when you're working on something dark you need to be reading something light just so it doesn't get too dark you know yeah exactly yeah, yeah. and it, it, that's funny is like I, when you were talking about studying the the philosophy of violence i just remember it's like yeah this started with daredevil accidentally killing somebody this is the this whole thing started with that yeah. like it's big incident but still like a, a minor incident to kingpin doing what he's about to do yeah the marvel universe and stuff yeah it's like it's like it's like the domino that kind of sets everything off yeah right? And yeah. it's, it's really fun. Uh, some kid gets bit by a spider and all of a sudden there's a bunch of animals <laughs> running around trying to kill him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so the other thing that I haven't had the chance to actually get into and read a lot is your public domain stuff on Substack. How, okay. What's the, what's the pitch for that and how is that going for you? Because I know Substack's a little new for a lot of people right now. Yeah. So, I mean, over the summer I was talking to... Um, uh, Nick Spencer specifically, Substack in general, um, about the potentials of, of Substack as a platform. Yeah. And um, I, I've had an idea for this comic, Public Domain, for a while, uh, but it was going to be something that I was going to do in a couple of years, just because I know like I'm stretched a little thin right now with all the writing projects. Yeah. But, you know, the more I talked to Nick, I was like, ah, oh, damn it, like, this is a, this is a platform for it to, to start it off, right? Um, and, you know, a potential draw, too, because I haven't drawn a full series uh, since Sex Criminals ended, and um, just the opportunity to kind of do something that's going to come out basically every week or two, um, so you're kind of, you're fueled by that, mm-hmm. because if I was just doing a straight-up for Image Comics, you kind of have to have like five in the can before you solicit. And that's a really hard thing to do where you work on yeah. something and nobody sees it. Um, so in this case, I'm kind of having my cake and eating it too. Cause I'm like getting the hit of like a web comic for my ego. <laughs> uh, and, and also, you know, eventually it's going to see print, right? Yeah. exactly. Uh, so public domain is, I think I'm writing and drawing and coloring and lettering like an idiot. Um, and it's about a, uh, a family where the dad, uh, an older guy, uh, back in the 70s, created the superhero character. He's the artist on the comic that is now like the big pop culture thing. So, you know, it's a, it's a story about Marvel and DC and um, how these movies and TV shows have kind of taken over the world. Uh, so it's about him not owning the character um, and uh, his family being upset over it and him kind of coming to grips with what should be done about that. Uh, uh, I don't want to get into too many spoilers. As oh to yeah, totally. How, how it unfolds, but it's a look at the comics industry. It's a look at kind of the entertainment industry uh, through these characters um, as, as these creations kind of dominate the world and, um, and uh, what the effects are on everyone involved. Uh, and it's been a lot of fun just because I, you know, I get to kind of have some humor in there, have some insider knowledge being made public a little bit um through these kind of fictional characters uh and a lot of it was inspired by the the manga podcast that i do Mm -hmm. because as we've been kind of reading uh these various manga series one thing i've noticed is that um so many of them are just like where the cartoonist was like oh i like this thing so i'm gonna make a comic about it like, this is my passion. Yeah. I'm going to make a comic about it, whether it's like a point in history or, um, oh, I love like radio stations. I'm making a comic about a radio station or ping pong. Like, um, you know, Japanese comics have such a wide yeah. subject matter. Um, uh, and then so I, I went into a bit of a <laughs> deep depression when I started to think about comics that way, because I realized I don't have any interests. 
like my interests are comics like uh i'm i'm a sad sack of like you know all my friends are like they collect synthesizers or records or um weird old paintings like everyone has a thing mm-hmm. um, that they love and for me it's just always been comics um and i guess the one thing i'm kind of addicted to is just like the history of comics and um how people have been treated over the years and the impact on the world so um so I, I eventually just kind of talked myself into, oh, okay, yeah, all right, I'm doing a comic about comics, you know, it's very predictable, <laughs> but uh, but it's been a ton of fun. That's awesome, and I, that that is interesting too. The the idea of like when you pitch something to an independent or even to Marvel and DC, you have to have something already like in the works or in the can, a lot of things, mm-hmm. and you don't get that instant feedback. And then by the time you get any feedback at all, it's a little too late to change anything or there yeah there there is that like you know not that i'm going to change a lot based on kind of the reaction but you have more time to think about it and go back and edit yeah um for sure the uh yeah it's funny image is kind of like you know image has been burned by creators who you know launch big out of the gate and then don't Mm -hmm. um don't put out any comics (laughs) so so for them they want to make sure because there's no boss right yeah there's no one to answer to with an image comic. Like if you don't put your comic out, well, you haven't put your comic out. You don't get money. Yeah. Um, which is not enough of a deterrent for people to not put comics out weirdly enough. So it's image surprising. always ends up in a situation where, you know, by issue four, it's now bi-monthly and by issue five, it's like every five months it comes out. Um, so, so that's why they want like a full arc done just to kind mm-hmm. of like make sure at least that's going to come out on time with Marvel though. It's like, totally not that at all sometimes they'll announce a book where they don't have any idea who's writing it who's drawing it like um yeah the the speed of that is uh, a little wild it it explains some of the promos that we get where they're like hey here's a very cryptic thing but like i'm like okay but there's no there's nothing there's no names (laughs) where are the names i need the names Yeah, I mean the stories I could tell you, but I like legally can't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I totally, I totally understand that. I, I will say, like, I say most of the time they know, like they're good enough that you know they, um, they, they plan most stuff out in advance. But sometimes it's just like, oh, we need to like, we need to have a book come out like next month that is going to be you know mm-hmm. sell X amount of units like because it's a business and they're like okay so editors will cobble something together put out a promo image and figure out after who's going to write or draw it it's like yeah okay it happens so you also do the manga explaining podcast which i want to make sure Hmm. we say the name of the podcast is manga explaining yeah um it's been wonderful i i want i always want to talk about more manga i've had david on to talk about manga after listening to him on manga explaining it's like hey david you want to come on (laughs) oh that's great yeah the best yeah he's great and it's like it's one of those things where it's manga is so important to comic books Mm -hmm. and i feel like western a lot of Western fans who are really hardcore DC Marvel fans kind of like just ignore it for some reason. And it's, it's so it's, I love that you said it's just so vast. Cause I, that's my thing is like, what's the weirdest manga I could find on the shelf right now. And I want to read that. Like, that's yeah, the thing yeah. I go for. It, it's hard. Cause you get the, um, you know, I understand as a Marvel DC fan, like you kind of get used to a certain type of pacing and a certain mm-hmm. type of, you know, obviously the continuity, um, that that manga can just feel like just too slow or too fast or something something will just feel off if you're used to like a 20 issue dc or marvel comic those always have the same beats right yeah like you open resolving the cliffhanger you have to have a fight scene in it and you have to have characters name each other talk about their powers and at the end there's a cliffhanger and somebody might show up from another another part of the world yeah exactly and um and manga, you know, kind of definitely blows that open a fair amount. Like, you know, there's still like, you know, if you're dealing with like um, uh, Shonen Jump, yeah, um, there are still like certain beats because, you know, like that comes out every week and like the chapters will feel maybe a little repetitive here and there in mm-hmm. terms of the pacing. But, um, but, but for the most part, it just feels like a, a fully new thing versus kind of the Marvel DC stuff yeah and it feels like manga is not scared to get referential in a lot of ways it's not scared to kind of like dive into the society that it's being written in where the big at least for the big two the independent books are are always a different beast but for the big two like 
it's like you can't touch the real world it's hard it's the real world's a little off limits in some ways it depends on the book and the character but yeah i mean it used to not be that way i mean like you know marvel was kind of known in the 60s and 70s and um for talking about like the vietnam war you know Mm -hmm. sending flash thompson off in his gi uniform and, and dealing with that and student protests um but look i mean marvel's now owned by uh, disney yeah no true <laughs> like yeah. like anytime you want to put a real world thing in like there's a lot of conversations that happen far above my pay grade in order to yeah. make that a, a thing um you know i've seen books you know get canceled as a result or like scripts scrapped because oh this this feels too close to a thing that's happening in the real world um because also the feedback can be really venomous yeah for sure i totally get that um and it could it'll, it feels like the kind of thing where the company has to react to that feedback uh, in real time whereas back in the day it's like you got your letters page so like four months after an issue comes out all of a sudden the letters page is like this is horrible how could you do this and they're like okay well maybe we won't do that um yeah it's a very different world i do wish we had the letters pages i would like to write in the letter yeah i know it's it's yeah daredevil doesn't have one it's weird yeah, it's very sporadic on Marvel, and there's just not existent in DC at all. So, well, I, yeah, a lot of it is just time. Like, yeah, exactly. I, I, I think once you decide to skip a month of doing a letters page, it's very hard to like, as an editor, to be like, oh yeah, am I going to devote a whole day to this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, uh, but with the the, the manga playing podcast, like, what's been the most fun so far with it? Like, other than just exploring the genre itself and seeing how vast it is, what's what else has been really fun with it? Yeah, I mean. Honestly, just like I, I have like kind of like the the world's great experts on manga suggesting manga to me every week. Like, you know, uh, Debe Oki is just like she's just known in the mm-hmm. industry as like, you know, kind of a tastemaker. Like she's done so many articles and reviews and made her own stuff like for for so long. Like if there's a manga panel she's on it right yeah she's like non-stop like i, I just once she non-stop. started following her twitter i just like i'm like i have there's more manga that i've ever known now all of a sudden. i know i know and then like and uh, you know david works at biz and he's just like um he's just he's got such great insight into the books that we read and and same with chris as well who also used to work at biz um and ran a comics festival like these guys are just like just top level people recommending mm-hmm. manga to a moron like myself so just just being able to read like literally the world's best books um curated by these people specifically for me has been amazing yeah, yeah we, we we just we just did vinland saga oh yeah i have the one one on my shelf that i'm like oh, when i heard i'm like yes we get to talk about shit. that it's so good it's, it's so, so good. good and it's, like the research and like and like thought put into that book is like insane to me at times like like how much details in that book yeah yeah and 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 it's just gorgeous on top of it yeah um yeah like like having something just like that which is just like such awesome awesome action stuff um uh, set in a historical period and then um and then i go on to read tokyo terareba girls which is like (laughs) like the spiritual successor to sex in the city and it's (laughs) so much fun and i'm hooked i'm addicted to it yeah i i I, it's the only uh, manga that where i've just i've i've bought all the volumes and i read them all on my own time like uh yeah it's there's there's such a wide variety of work it's it's really it's really great and and not only that but like you know there's a wide variety in north american comics market obviously outside of dc and marvel um but it tends to be like, oh, you got kind of your superhero guys punching things over here. And then over here, you've got your art comics, which are mm-hmm. maybe a bit harder to get into. And then like image is probably the closest thing to manga. Yeah, to the I, Japanese I, I market. That, yeah, because it's like it's genre stuff. It can be big, dumb, fun also smart like some very art housey stuff goes through there sometimes like echo lands right now is like a powerhouse in art right now when it comes yeah. to like just comic books what comics can be but then you look at something like like saga or walking dead and those yeah. actually kind of feel like walking dead first of all just in length in terms of length it feels yeah. like manga and being like in they, black and white helps with that too yeah <laughs> yeah and like and 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 saga as well just feels like books that adults can read that feel like 
big fun cool movies right yeah boom boom's starting to feel like that too with how much like yeah younger uh writers and artists are getting in with that like that's where i read like my, i think the majority of my sports western comics and like yeah the sports manga is a huge genre it's one of my favorite oh, genres yeah. of anime and manga is sports so it's, yeah. i don't even play i just like reading these guys do these things yeah in like, cool action it. ways <laughs> yep um so i mean yeah so there's the opportunity here for for that kind of stuff um it just gets hobbled in terms of like production time and yeah um yeah that, that's mostly it and the fact that like the north american market doesn't have the same kind of um structure um to the studios that produce these works like yeah because at image it's like oh if you're the artist you're the artist yeah that's it whereas uh <laughs> in manga um you have all your uh, assistants helping mm-hmm. out and and you can put it out at a quicker pace and um and retain interest more easily i think which is interesting because i would think the assistant system would work at some point in the western if we could just figure out a good system because it's always artists that are trying to perfect their skill to get to your level anyways there's a there's a level of ego i think in north america that maybe doesn't quite mm. exist in japan that makes sense in yeah. terms of in terms of like kind of there's like a master apprentice thing that maybe we have not um glommed onto as easily as they have because it, it'd be hard like i don't know there are there are a few instances of like assistance and um uh in the north american comics market like um brian lee o'malley had a guy assist him towards the end of scott pilgrim and on seconds and um infamously uh, dave sim on cerebus background mm-hmm. artist uh gerhard um did amazing backgrounds but you really have to find someone who specifically wants to do that gotcha, and yeah. doesn't want to be like this big name like in in uh, in manga like so some people look at it as a stepping stone. You come in, you, you put in your time in the system, and then you get your own manga. Uh, I think that's kind of probably mostly the case. But then there's people who just like, no, this is my job. This yeah, is a great job. It. I love drawing trees. Yeah, you know? give me the tree work. I, I, lo- tree I love, work. I love to ink or you know design costumes. Um, I, I think that's I think it's a lot harder to find here, and also just in terms of like the money. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's hard because here it's like. Here yeah and here it's like the money you make as an artist on a comic unless you're really good with business and you can kind of figure it out in terms of like putting out comics at a quicker pace um it pays enough for a person to live yeah (laughs) you know maybe uh so it's really hard to justify having like three assistants or something when uh you can't afford to pay them yeah totally i get that yeah. Um, I always love too when I hear them pitching you a certain manga that I've already read or I've seen the anime or something. And I'm like, oh, I can't wait to chip experience this. Oh, wow. Right. <laughs> yeah. There, there have been a few that, yeah. Uh, I think a lot of people have been like, oh, yeah. Well, let's see what he thinks about this. <laughs> um, one last book I want to talk about before we do like a couple of quick questions and wrap up. Yeah. Um, still Water's still going and mm-hmm. it is intense. That yeah. is maybe one of the tensest books I've read uh recently it's just it you haven't let up like it's just really dense and it's stressing me out man i want to know what's gonna happen i know i'm sorry um yeah yeah i mean it's funny when i started planning it it didn't feel that intense Mm -hmm. but um but because there's such a such a gap between coming up with the idea and the first issue coming out um I think even as a creator, I kind of wanted it to speed up before it even came out. So I was condensing a lot as I went instead of having kind of breather issues. It was just like, nope, now this thing's happening. And that Mm -hmm. means this is a problem and this is going to blow up and this person's going to, you know, die. And uh, um, it's been kind of fun to to treat it as like a kind of a nonstop train, considering it's about like a sleepy town, right? Yeah, it's a town that's been like hidden for such a long time and like, within a dozen issues now everything's about to explode like it feels like yeah. a powder keg all of a sudden and it's interesting to enter it that way and yeah. be where we're at now yeah 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 I, I hope it still works it's one of those ones where i'm just i'm writing it ramon's drawing it i love it but i have no idea if it if it holds together right like mm-hmm. like maybe maybe i've gone too far in terms of making it too tense and maybe people need a bit of a breather but um but i don't know fuck it we're <laughs> we're having fun and we're doing it and we know where we're going so that's that's that i'm I'm very excited to see where it keeps going and i'm like 
I'm like, there has to be an end, but also I don't see an end in sight of the way everything's going and how it's all yeah. proceeding. It's it's really fun to have that mystery, but also it yeah. stresses me out every page. Like the end of this last issue, I was like, I I I need to breathe. <laughs> oh yeah, well I I don't even know which issue just came um, out. What's the end of it? Uh, I don't want to say the end of it, but it's the first time, first issue after like the big time skip thing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. With mommy. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the next issue, the ending is. <laughs> 20 times crazier it, it this is like the perfect to like talking about procedurals like this is the perfect like 24 type action show where like mm. you are like you, you don't have room to like wait for characters to think like they have to yeah. move they have to make action because there's people playing against them who've already planned plan ahead yeah and so it's always fun when you have a character who's been planning something and they spring it on you and the main characters now have to react they don't have time to plan they have to react yeah yeah yeah, that's always fun. Yeah, it's it's, it's been it's been a blast, and I just wanted to make sure cool. we touched upon it because I'm still enjoying. Yeah, yeah, it. awesome. Um, so you have a couple questions. Uh, Chris asks if you're a Ninja Turtle, what color mask and what uh weapon would you have? Ooh, wow, that might be the best question I've ever been asked. I I think it would just be like it would be green mask, just like the my turtle skin. <laughs> Like that color, yeah, yeah, you know, um, just so just so people are like, oh, is it just a regular turtle? And then when I get close to them, they're like, and I kill them, they're like, oh no, it's a ninja turtle. I've been duped. Yeah, yeah, and my weapon would be uh, a gun. It's just so they get real close, and then you get yeah, real close. Well, I have bad eyesight. Turtles yeah. notoriously have bad yeah. eyesight, so yeah. I need to get really close to use my weapon, which is a gun. Yeah. Um, and Lizzie asks, uh, how much noir did you watch for Newburn? And do you have any recommendations? You know, it's funny, like, I don't even think of it as noir. Yeah. Because um, I, I don't, it doesn't really have, it doesn't really have the hallmarks of noir, I don't think. Like, it's not like a down on your luck detective, and there's no, you know, there's no dame that walks in and stuff like it. Uh, it, it I, I do liken it more to like the kind of classic TV procedurals whether it's like House or Mentalist or Blacklist or whatever, like any of those mm-hmm. ones, Sherlock, like any of those yeah. ones, which is kind of like the, the the smart lead character and everyone kind of around him trying to keep up. Um, well, what's your favorite out of those then? Hmm. Yeah, that is, that's a hard one. Yeah, it's tricky. It's funny, just this is a whole tangent, but there was a, a really short-lived one at two seasons called Life with Damian Lewis. Okay. Uh, and he was a cop that got framed for murder and went to jail for like 15 years or something. And there he found like karma and meditation and stuff. So he came out, he became a cop again as soon as he came out. He's like, I'm going to karmically find the people who framed me for murder and killed them. All right. <laughs> like that, yeah. it, was, it was really well. It, it happened right during the writer's strike. So like that killed pretty fast. But yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think, I think of all of them, the one I always kind of go back to is Mentalist. Mentalist is really good. Because it's, it's just, it's fun. Like it feels, yeah. I mean, you know, it obviously gets dark, but um, but it feels light and fun. And he's a character that is quite likable. He's very charming. Unlike, you know, Benedict Cumberbatch's Sherlock, where you're just yeah. like, oh, come on, man, just ease up. Um, so I like that. You know, I'm, I'm always I'm always game to watch an episode of Law and Order when it's on. Um, so, I mean, the big research was, because you already kind of instinctively know those things. Like I didn't, mm-hmm. I, I wasn't like, oh, I'm writing a procedural, so I better go watch those again. Um, my big thing was to um, buy books on the mob and do kind yeah, of research. Yeah, it's very mob heavy. Yeah, do research into like kind of the New York kind of the criminal organizations. Like, you know, we're fictionalizing them a lot, obviously in Newburn, because we've kind of created our own kind of groups. But um, but most of the stories are kind of loosely based on kind of real things that I've kind of dug up here and there. Um, that was kind of the big research. And last question I have is by Jordan. She asked, do you ever plan on writing a novel? Oh, yeah. I mean, last year during the pandemic, I got uh, I got like 10,000 words into one. Um, but uh, but yeah, then then the comic book stuff kind of kicked back in and the Substack thing and public domain kind of eats up all that time. Um, the funny thing is like the novel I was writing was about comics. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's like, so there you go. 
so it's like yeah I'll, i've kind of mined a bit of that for public domain but um but um the novel itself is kind of a bit more goofy with kind of over-the-top caricatures of kind of comic industry professionals yeah. so one day it always feels like kind of a bit of a retirement project like if i can get it i mean you know i've got like i'm very lucky to have been working uh at this level in comics for as long as i have because my my radar always senses that you've got like maybe five years as a comics writer mm -hmm. before you just kind of drop off and you kind of have to accept jobs that maybe you didn't want to accept and um just kind of put food on the table um because you know people move on and if you've yeah. written these characters like it's very rare to kind of come back to a character um you kind of bounce around and it's like you know there's there's, there's guys with like long careers like mark wade who you know um he's checked off like most of the boxes in terms mm -hmm. of like characters uh, or, or bendis is kind of the same um like it made sense when bendis went to dc because it's like well like what else really have to do yeah what else do you have to do at marvel like are you going to go back to a thing that's tricky he kind of like, already did at the very end doing defenders he, he retouched every character he basically had written for a while the jessica I, jones and daredevil and stuff I know, I know. And so, like, you know, that was kind of the only thing he could do is, like, uh, combinations of characters that he's previously written. Um, so uh, there, there's, there's a finite amount of time uh, as, as a comics writer, I think, in terms of, like, your popularity and um, the projects uh, that you're able to do. And so in, in my head, like, I'm kind of, I'm running on borrowed time a little bit. Like, I kind of can see two or three years from now, maybe people being sick of me <laughs> or not knowing where to put me. Uh, and at that point, I'm like, okay, let's dust off this novel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, that's, that's the thing I think about too, like is, uh, which is weird. Cause I like, I, 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 I know I'm young, but I also think I'm old. It's, it's a weird middle ground right now for me. How old are you? Uh, uh, I'm going to be 28 in a month. So I'm like, okay. I'm like, we're right at the edge of the 20s and hitting the yeah, yeah and i'm like i haven't done anything like this this last year i've finally broken my stride i feel like in writing and written like a 10,000 word short story and wrote a 50,000 word like uh novel-esque thing that will get edited at one point but i'm yeah. like how many i need to get going i need to like i need to start i need to start running because like there's only a certain amount of time that i'm like i'm gonna have these ideas and i'll be able to write these ideas i need to get them out so yeah it feels yeah, like as a creator hard. you're always running yeah it's hard putting that kind of pressure on yourself like i never you know i kind of fell backwards into comics mostly just because i just kind of wrote and drew stuff on my own and found odd gigs here and there and working for a newspaper and just kind of like writing and drawing and getting better without realizing i was getting better at it mm -hmm. you know because you're just doing the things you do um yeah you shouldn't put too much pressure on yourself like you know i always tell people like I won the Harvey Award Best Newcomer at the age of 38 after like doing comics for 10 years. Like I, yeah, I think I started right. like kind of self-publishing at your age, mm -hmm. like just black and white stuff. Um, and like, that was just, that was a ton of fun. And I could have easily done that the rest of my life and just kind of worked other jobs. Um, there's no difference in terms of the satisfaction for me, like yeah. doing a convention and selling like 300 of your self-printed books feels the same as going to a convention and signing 10,000 comics for people uh weirdly enough maybe it even feels better doing like just the self-published thing because uh, most people don't hate you <laughs> it's true you know for someone <laughs> come up saying you ruined this character i've loved for decades you're like see <laughs> i've written yeah. for a year yeah like I mean, one of the funniest things was like when i started doing sex criminals and it took off and i was doing the shows with uh matt um the difference between sex criminals fans and Marvel fans was so apparent when people would walk up to the table, like the sex criminals fans had smiles on their faces and they're just like super into all of this. And like, and then the Marvel fans just had like, just like expressionless faces were kind of angry and they'd still get mad to like sign like a hundred copies of Iron Man. And then they'd, nit they'd nitpick how he like wrote whiplash or something like that. I'm just like, Oh man, this is very different. Yeah, probably around the time Sex Criminals was coming out, Matt probably killed Johnny Storm, and like that was probably like a whole thing. Did he kill? No, he didn't kill Johnny Storm, did he? Hickman did. I thought he did, but maybe it was Mark Wade. Uh, 
Mark Wade killed Ben Grimm. <laughs> it's so funny. Like everyone's died so many everyone's times. You just go through. Hickman killed Johnny Storm in the negative zone. Oh, um, Hickman. Yeah, Hickman's what I was thinking of. Yeah, you're. I right. can't. I can't believe I'm an adult saying those things. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, Matt was like, it's so funny. Like I think about that time period and just how wild it was for both of us. But really wild for Matt because like he was like finishing up at Marvel. Like he'd had a few things just like not do as well as they could have done. And they fucking, they stuck him with Hawkeye. And then next thing you know, he turned it into like their best-selling trade of the year. Like it was wild. And at the same time, like we were getting sex criminals started up. Like he was like fired off in humans or whatever. Yeah. And like, you know, nobody wanted fear itself. And like, and then Hawkeye's just like, boom, like. It, it's so funny that, that that was like kind of like he's like I'm tired of like I'll just write Hawkeye and I'm like when Hawkeye is one of my favorite Marvel characters in general yeah. I'm always I'm always a vigilante guy more than anything yeah but that run it's always a, a thing a, a, the top 10 list always the thing that like mutates every every so often but mm-hmm. Hawkeye since it came out Hawkeye's just been in the top five it just yeah. it sits there it, it, it's at yeah. different ranks every time I ever get a new run or something but I always revisit it yeah, well, it's also the kind of book where you can, I mean, talking about manga again, it's the kind of book you can just like hand to somebody mm-hmm. and they can read it and they're not lost at yeah. all. Like everything is explained. They don't go big with it, which means like tracksuit mafia or whatever and lucky the pizza dog is like, those are those are things that are kind of introduced and, and like, when you bring so, in his brother, it's like you don't yeah. need to have read like solo Avengers from 1989 to get it. Yeah, and then seeing that one whole issue that's just all sign language and stuff is like that was the first, I think, first mainstream comic book I read where like, oh yeah, this is a medium. <laughs> like this is yeah. something you can really play around with, and you don't have to entirely conform to what is normal as long yeah. as your editor says yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, like and Matt's like one of the smartest guys I've ever known, and uh, David is like an insanely talented artist. Like, yeah, it, it's it's gold. It's just gold. It's, it's 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 real good and yeah. saying it here i really hope that marvel kind of gives them credit at some point in some of that stuff in the show well i mean yeah this is one of those things where god bless twitter i love it but a lot of people just love to talk about stuff that they don't know anything yeah. about like in terms Fair. of like like you know I, I mean and i can't speak for uh for everyone involved but like there's there's been money exchanged yeah I, I i was mostly thinking like names up front but that's always my thing is like i like seeing creators names everywhere yeah yeah it, it's 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 yeah it's funny because like you kind of have to okay well then who else do you true yeah up there? it ends up being like a big old list of the characters like you know i was thinking about watching you know you know because i watch all this stuff too and i was watching like um you know the 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 winter soldier falcon series and you know at the end of an episode i'm just like my god like they just took bits and pieces from so many things in here like true yeah and like you can you can have done the, the latest version of a character and it could do really well but like there are so many people that worked on building that character up and creating that world and that environment for you to like to have that hit like it's it's very it's very strange to me um how they assign credit on on these things because it's it's such a it's such a complicated i mean i'm not gonna say who and what film but there was i'm super good fun i'm watching like oh yeah that guy's a total like piece of garbage and he's still credited in this movie because he wrote things or drew things that drew things yeah yeah were influenced into this thing and i'm like he's the worst person and yet he's in this movie in credits yeah yeah it, it gets really complicated like um and like, you know, I appreciate people coming out and saying, you know, uh, people need credit on these things because that's how people get credit and that's how people yeah. get get money. Um, but I also kind of step back from it. I'm just like, sure, man. But like, oh, fuck. It's always behind the scenes. Per- stuff we don't see. Personally, I. I would find it embarrassing. Like, Good. I don't want I don't want anyone ever trying to go to bat for me in public that doesn't know me yeah that doesn't know you personally and yeah. and doesn't know the situation either like uh everything that kind of goes on behind the scenes uh but i also don't care about that stuff at all like um if all of a sudden like <laughs> marvel went and made like uh, howard the duck movie based on my stuff you know um i'd have no bitterment a bitterness in me because 
like so you'll see him and go hey I, I hey i know that <laughs> i know that i know that reference but also i i i, I know the deal going in man like mm-hmm, i know true. like i know they own it like i signed the work that says they own it and like sure on one level it sucks on the other level like it sucks that like the people working on the thing had to work you know insane amounts of hours to do it and maybe they all didn't get paid super well like there's a whole other story about unions and special effects studios and stuff like that yeah 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 don't get any kind of credit or glory Mm -hmm. because because meanwhile i still have my comics job yeah like that's a lot of fun and i i'm quite enjoying myself and i get paid for it and if it ends up in another media hey sure why not whatever I was thinking to myself when people were like complaining about the colors and the channels and stuff and like how everybody's not as bright as they should be or etc. I was like, if Jack Kirby was alive, he would be stoked that he got to see an Eternals movie, probably. Like he'd be like, yeah. ah, that's a celestial on a film. Yeah, I know. I know. Like, um, like I don't think some creators care. Like they would just love to see that stuff on a film at some point. There's 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 also there's a weird part of me that just I do not view it as better or bigger mm-hmm. just because like you have like 200 people working on something like so, like is that what we're supposed to like is that like the That's high not, pinnacle shouldn't be the end goal of your thing you, like you shouldn't go into making comics like this is going to be a film property one day like it's about yeah. making the book and and that's always what i get people like it's not accurate but i was like it's a whole it's a whole different to me it's a whole different in the universe first off but then to me yeah. it's like i they're different and I, yeah. I rather them be different. There's it's a bigger, a- it's a bigger stage. Like I'll, yeah. I'll, I, I can concede that because, like you know, my mom knows what a Hawkeye is now. Yeah. But like, I don't, I don't see it as being better or like more mm-hmm. worthy of my time than the comics. Yeah, so, totally. Like if and- I was wor- if I was working on a movie and it got tr- translated into a comic, and my credit was like farther back in the the book or whatever. Like, I wouldn't care. No one, yeah. no, no person would care. Yeah. But because it's the reverse, everyone cares because it's, oh, it's so big. It's so important. Now you got Jeremy Renner. Oh my goodness. Like, yeah. No, I told you what you're saying there. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's a I'm very, speaking, it's I'm, a... I'm saying that from a privileged position because there are obviously like cases where, you know, like Bill Mantlo, you know, <laughs> needed hospitalization and like funds uh, for his medical care while Rocket Raccoon was like the biggest thing in the world. Like, yeah situations like that absolutely suck yeah yeah no but i totally get what you're saying and i think <laughs> i think it would be best for us if more people took your stance like hey maybe only on twitter to promote things sometimes <laughs> or uh sometimes it's our life but for some reason we have to react to everything we have to be in the conversation for everything yeah 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 it gets exhausting yeah. even it, for it, someone, it's... even for someone who doesn't play in that field too much i get exhausted just reading it every day <laughs> yeah yeah I, I barely i barely pop in to take a look and usually when i do it's just like you know it's that gif of um uh the community gif of uh donald glover walking into yeah. the room Pizza. and the fire and turning around like that's how it feels most days because it's like just a lot of people screaming on behalf of some people that maybe don't necessarily want them screaming or they're busy or doing other things yeah or just don't know what the story is behind any of these decisions well chip thank you so much for coming on talking with me it's always yeah, my pleasure. fun uh, to just yeah. hang out and talk i forget that i'm doing a show sometimes when i get to talk to <laughs> yeah. people like you and steve it's just like it's just talk- talking to someone that i appreciate and really admire so well so, I, I always forget too i'm just like oh maybe i shouldn't be saying all this stuff <laughs> but eh, whatever um so <laughs> you you can find chip on twitter if you want but more importantly you can find chip on substack with his uh newsletter and uh, public domain comic and chip yeah. also on manga explaining which it's manga explaining.com for that right like yeah you can go to yeah. that directly yeah um anything else chip that people you want people to try to find you at uh i mean also on substack um captara we're putting out uh, new issues of that myself and kagan mcleod which is a lot of fun um yeah like i, I think i think that's it I mean, when, when is this coming out? Uh, today, as soon as, soon as I get it all situated. Okay. In that case, uh, Devil's Reign is out next week from Marvel. Big old event. It's very exciting. It, it sucks because I'm always on a two-week kind of delay with comics because of the way my pace cycle is. I always go when I get paid. Yeah. And yeah. so I'll read the... I'll, I'm going to go get Daredevil this weekend and read that final, but it's going to be two weeks before I can start Devil's Reign. Oh, man. Well, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say... 
they're they're back to back weeks, but yeah, unfortunate. Yeah. Again, Chip, thank you so much. And you can yeah, find thanks. this show on Twitter at Y Comics Pod. Email me at YComicsPodcast at gmail.com. If you have a question for a guest, want to be a guest yourself on the show, or have a story about how comics impacted you, you can reach out to me at any of those places. Um, if you like the show, tell a friend, leave a review. Logo is done by my friend Andy Manley, who you can see doing The Simpsons. Not doing The Simpsons, he's working on The Simpsons. Phrasing <laughs> <laughs> is very important. Um, banners by my friend Steven. Theme is Join the Restaurant by David Zetsi. And uh, remember, everybody, uh, Captain America punched a lot of Nazis back in the day. Um, and hopefully we'll have more episodes in the new year. Woo!